Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin, and on to this week's episode where we have here with us Dr. Ludna Araji. She is a certified executive coach, uh, business coach, business advisor to executives, entrepreneurs, and savvy professionals. And in fact, at one point, she was an adjunct professor in neuroscience, uh, a neuroscientist and management consultant. She has 20 plus years of global experience. Um, you know, she's held multiple different roles in her life, which she'll get into in a little bit, um, you know. It's going to be great. So I'm just so excited to have somebody here in my space who you guys know, who now we're just going to wax poetic on mindset, neuroscience, all this fun stuff and how we help executives, right? So she's really here to talk about, you know, the angle in which she plays and how she comes into the scene and helps executives really just level up. Um, So I'm super psyched to have her here. Welcome, Dr. Lubna. I'm going to call you Dr. Lubna. So, so Luna, tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about your background and how you even got into this interest of like neuroscience and, and messing with people's heads. <laughs> I'm not messing with people's heads, but I'm supporting them. Okay. So. <laughs> Listen, I say so, they mess with their heads in a good way. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Yes. In a good way. Yes. Yes. I mess with your yes. way, baby. <laughs> Yes, we'll keep that positive mindset all the time, right? So I'm um, I'm a scientist by background. I grew up uh, in Morocco. I did my PhD in France, in Paris, and I I worked on research for like six years, and then I worked as medical science liaison within the pharma industry back uh, back in Morocco for Pfizer, and I noticed that. What really was interesting to me is to have connection with people, okay? And a couple of years later, I got married and moved to the U.S. and went back to academia and went back to the research world. And I worked at Columbia University as a neuroscientist for about seven years. I mean, it was great. I was, I was publishing. I was doing a lot of important work. However, I didn't feel fulfilled. I did not. And I had noticed that the only time where I was feeling excited and motivated was when I went to conferences and met people and talked to people and presented my data. And I'm like, there's something wrong with the picture here. Why am I so excited? And then I would go back to the lab and start dissecting brains and mice. And I'm like, I'm good at this, but I don't really enjoy it. I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life. But it took me years to realize that. Right. And, and one, of my, uh, one of my friends who was with me in the lab, she, she went to business school and asked me for a reference letter. And then a year later, I'm like, how are you doing? She said, it's great. I love it. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to move. I'm going to make my next move. I'm going to go back to school and explore the business world. And that's how it all started, you know? So sometimes we just realize that 
we're not super happy every day, every single day. We don't have that motivation. We don't feel really passionate. And then you find yourself in situations where you feel super excited and super energized. And you're like, okay, what's going on here? What is going on? <laughs> so that's how it all started. Right. So I love that because you're coming in from this science background. You understand the neuroscience of the mind and the brain and how things operate. And then, you know, you have this sort of minor little epiphany of, okay, I'm not really excited by this thing. What's really exciting me? Great dissection of that. And then to leap into, but business school, now that's interesting. Um, how, when you were actually in business school, like, how was that? Was that really exciting for you? Uh, like, was that really? Yeah. That's a great question. It was difficult for me to go back and sit in class yeah. for long hours. And my brain actually had a hard time. I was yeah. having headaches at the beginning and I wasn't sure why. It's like if I had to reset my brain to get used to new ways of thinking and new ways of behaving, it was challenging. Yeah, it was yeah. a muscle, right? It's exactly you had to really, really work mm-hmm. on it. It's yes. funny because I just recently heard something, something to the effect of about our attention span. Like it used to be on average 12 minutes and now it's like seven minutes or something. And it was interesting because I realized we're doing it to ourselves, right? We no longer sit down and read for a long time. We no longer sit down and watch movies for two hours beginning to end. We watch Quibi, which is seven minute chunks of video, right? It's like we're playing to this minor side of us, which is making us even less and less and less, which is why they tell you now, like, don't make a Facebook video for more than 60 minutes. No one's going to pay attention. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. It's a muscle. And I feel like we're deadening our muscle every day by lessening our video times, right? It's so funny. I'm not trying to encourage people to watch more video, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's interesting how we're kind of doing it to ourselves. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting point because I noticed that a couple of years later. So, excuse me, when I graduated, I, so I did a, a program in pharmaceutical management and marketing, and I was planning on working for a pharma company. And then things didn't work out the way I wanted them to because there were some mergers and acquisitions. So I had to start again all over looking for internships and positions, and it took me a while. And then <clears throat> I decided to go to management consulting. So I started working in management consulting for healthcare and pharma companies. And that was challenging too, because I had to rewire my brain to think as a consultant, which is completely different than thinking as a scientist. When you write papers and articles, you have a certain structure you have to follow and you boil the ocean and you gather data and you analyze them. When you're in consulting, you cannot spend your time boiling the ocean and right. looking for every data out there, you're, you're working on timelines and deadlines. And boy, it was really challenging, but it was yeah. great learning experience. Yeah. Again, I had to rewire my brain then. <laughs> but the beauty of it is you can. And what was really interesting to me more recently, my yes. daughter, who's only 11, reads faster than I do. And oh, I remember yeah. I come out of law school speed reading, right? Because you have to read so much in such a short amount of time. So I was very good at reading quickly and then entering the field that I did 
um, for law, which is litigation. There's a lot of reading that has to happen with a lot of comprehension. So I would just be able to read things super, super fast, understand them. And now that I haven't been practicing for like 12 years, I'll read something. I have to read it like three times. Like, wait a minute, let me make sure I got that. And it's taking me forever. <laughs> you know, my daughter and I might be on my cell phone reading an article together and she's already scrolling up and I'm like, no, wait, put it back, put it back. Like, I don't have it. Yet. That's so funny. Yes, right. my daughter is the same way. She reads much faster. She's like, okay, are you done? Let's move yes. to the next page. <laughs> it's great, but it's so funny because you start to notice like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm lacking on that one, right? So I'm reading another book. I'm like, let me see if I can get it down a little faster. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but it's, it's it's interesting and it's kind of awesome. I mean, the brain is something so awesome where it, it repairs you know, itself in, in a certain kind of way, right? If it mm-hmm. has little spaces mm-hmm. there and, and you can really make it do what you want, like if, if in this yes. process way. And yes. So, you know, yes. getting into a little bit about that, I want you to tell me a little bit about your coaching experience with executives because you kind of come from a space where I do, where it is a neuroscience kind of thing. We get the brain, we get the mindset. Yes. This is not about just skills, tips, and tricks, right? This is about real change in human behavior and human thought. So tell yeah. me kind of like what your experience has been with that. And what's, you know, actually tell me that and then tell me what you have seen, you know, what types of things that you might do with your executives where you uh-huh. see the most transition in the shortest amount of time? That's a great question. Before I get there, let me tell you how I ended. Okay. The- so I'm, I'm a career switcher and I was a scientist. Then I moved to management consulting. I worked for uh, a couple of companies in sales and marketing roles, in business development roles. And every time I was in those positions, I knew that I wasn't completely fulfilled. I was learning a lot. I was, I was growing, but I didn't feel really, really in my element. And I started asking myself so many questions. I'm like, what's going on? Why am I constantly asking myself those questions? I have a great job. I have, I have, a, I have great uh, uh, salary, great package. What's missing in the picture? And at some point, actually about six years ago, I, I, I was in a, in a leadership role and it didn't last long. It lasted for like a year. And I was overseeing a team uh, of people here in the US, in Asia, in Europe, and it was challenging. And I, was, I wasn't in my element. I was not. So I left that company and then at the time I also had some personal things happening and I started asking myself what on earth is going on and I didn't know what was going on. So some of my friends directed me to a couple of coaches that they knew. I had no idea what coaching was. I had no idea. And I think I was fortunate to come across a couple. I, I worked with someone in, uh, in New York. I had another coach uh, in New Jersey who was uh, business savvy. And I started connecting more and more with myself. I connected with my emotions. I started to understand how to, how to deal with my emotions, how to, how to self-control, how not to self-sabotage, how to you know, how to think about each situation, not just accept whatever is thrown our way, mm-hmm. but what can I control? What can I not control? Okay, what's, what's in my area of control? And if it's the case, 
How do I think about things in a different way? How do I change my mindset? So, yes, I was fortunate enough to do that. And I did some work and, and I was able to realize that my purpose in life was to be a source of inspiration to people around me. I'm, I'm a connector. I love connecting people. And I see, I see a lot of value in doing that. And I also get a lot of enjoyment when I see people grow, when I see that I'm making an impact in their life, and it brings so much happiness. Okay, so everyone needs to start asking themselves, what's my vision in life? Where am I heading? What do I want to achieve? What's my mission? Do I want to make an impact in this world? Who do I want to make an impact to? Uh, how am I going to do it? And I have noticed that a lot of people that I work with, uh, when we start our engagement and I ask them those questions, they're like, oh my God, these are tough questions. I never thought about these questions. What do you mean what my vision is? What do you mean what's my mission? And yeah. what? These are challenging questions, but they are essential. They're really, really crucial because if we're, okay, let's say we're here, point A, and I want to go to point B. I need to know where I'm heading so that I can set my goals so that I can achieve my goals. I cannot just like keep going and going and going, job to job to job, not even knowing why I'm accepting those jobs. And that's what I used to do in the past. I'm like, why am I looking forward to getting those jobs and I'm not even happy. And I was searching for titles, you know, oh, I want to be director. I want to be a VP. I want, okay, so what? The question is, am I happy? Am I satisfied with what I am achieving? And I don't need to prove anything to anybody else. So these are the things that I like to focus on when I work with with my clients. I want them to shift their mindset. It's not about satisfying what everybody else is expecting from us, but everything has to start from within. We start with ourselves, yeah. Right, and that process really starts with kind of where you were starting with respect to sort of vision, values, and expectations, right? And The fact that those, in my opinion, those expectations can change over time because as you elevate and see and open up your mind, other things can evolve in your life. It's like a pyramid or a hierarchy, right? So, yeah. Very nicely said. Very nicely said. And this, yeah, this is another great point because when people come to me, they think that we're going to work only on career-related things. Oh, you know what? Let's work on developing an impactful resume, great value proposition, the best positioning, and then great LinkedIn profile. But before I get there, I need to know you. I need to know what's in your brain. I need to know what motivates you. What are you passionate about? And alongside those topics, I need to help people gain clarity. Mm -hmm. about where they're heading because if they don't have clear goals and they have no idea where they're going how do you want them to achieve anything right right and especially i don't know how it is in other countries i could tell you that in america right like you know how we are it's like we are absolutely 
and I don't mean this in a judgmental way, ego driven, meaning we're so taught that it's about the rank or about the prestige or about the thing, right? Even in our, even on our, in our desire to acquire degrees. Oh, I have like 15 degrees after my name. Like, you know, it's like, okay. So you spend a million dollars and what have you gained from this? Right. It's like, you know, you know, seriously. And, and until we get out of that hierarchy, because that's part of the hierarchy, right? If we're talking about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, after we get shelter protection, all that, we go into the ego space. And if you think about the timing of that, it's perfect for college students and master's degrees. And we're heading into the ego space. Just like you were saying, you were looking for the title. Yes. Right, but we're not taught to know anything else. We're not. Right? We're all taught that we should all want to go to college and we should all want this thing, and it's the ultimate. And you know, so a lot of people would be really happy just making six figures and being the best parent possible on the planet, and that's okay. Exactly. And you're totally right. It goes back to our personal values, right? Mm-hmm. My values might be different from yours, from, from, from other people's values. And that's why that's, that's an important component. When we start working on gaining clarity, I want people to identify their values because they need to find a fit somewhere. Do I fit working with that organization or is it best for me to be an entrepreneur and build my business or I can be creative in finding other career paths, right? So, yes, the values are really important. And it's funny you mentioned the degrees because that's what I've been doing. I've been accumulating degrees and thinking that, oh, you know what? Now I'm going to get recognition. Now I'm going to feel great. But do you think I was doing that for myself? I don't think so. Mm -mm. I was not. If I had to change things, I would have done everything differently. And I would have pursued things that make my heart sing, not to make my family super proud and my friends. And Right? That's not what it's about. It's funny. You, uh, you make me think of one of my uh, previous clients. Uh, she's a, she's a, a doctor by training, and she was looking into getting additional certifications and degrees and and back in my mind I'm like do you really need that but of course I don't say that I need I need people to come up with the solutions I will guide them and support them and make them come up with the solution right and after a while after a few coaching sessions she finally decided to go on completely new endeavor and she opened like a big practice with different with holistic uh, uh, healing types of uh, of offerings, and she stopped thinking about the additional degrees and certifications. You know, so yeah. it's about shifting people's mindset and reconnecting them with themselves, their true self. Yeah, I think that's that's that to me is always an indicator when they're out and saying, "I'm going to get, I'm going to get this license, I'm going to go do that, I'm going to do." I'm like, "All right, stop." <laughs> is it really necessary to your happy end result, right? Like maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know the answer, but but that's awesome. Yes. So let me ask you this: because you have experienced it and now you are doing it, talk to me, or can you tell us kind of how coaching can change one's career, life, trajectory overall? Right? How does this? How does this actually work? What does it do? You know, yes. what are the effects? Yes. So basically, I would say that by coaching people, 
like I said earlier, you guide them and you make them see things differently. You help them shift their mindset. Yeah. Okay. And usually one of the, the main theories about mindset, uh, I think uh, uh, Carol Dweck's uh, book, there's a great book that she wrote, and it's about the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. So there are some people who have a fixed mindset and they will be thinking about tasks and, and, and uh, relationships as things that cannot change, right? This is the way it is. I'm not going to put an effort. It is going uh, to take me a lot of effort to do it. So you know what? I'm not changing anything. I know exactly what I'm doing. Versus somebody else who has a growth mindset will be asking themselves, oh, you know what? This is not working. What's another way to do it, to think about it? Can I be creative? And uh, people who have a fixed mindset will look at successful people and say, oh, you know what? They have everything they need and it was easy for them. Somebody with a growth mindset will say, oh, you know what? I really admire these people. I would like to know how they became successful. So it's about reframing everything and using that growth mindset right. type of thinking. That's, that's crucial. That just made me think of this. And it's going to be super wacky and weird for people listening. But it just <laughs> reminded me of the fact that, and um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, my, my child's only 11, so I'm fairly close in time to this. But I just realized that as children, we naturally know what we want and we want what we want and there is no impossibility. If you want pancakes with a hot dog and, and Cheerios, it's possible, right? But then we have all of us parents, oh no, oh my God, that's horrible. Like pancakes, Cheerios and hot dogs and one, thing, ah, right? And we kind of talk them out of, of that. And I think that we train them into fitting into the mold, right? It's almost like training them to say, okay, well, I'm going to have the, the, the accepted breakfast. I'm going to do the accepted thing. And I think we're kind of training them to not go after what they want in some ways, right? Like, because mm-hmm. as little children, we know what we want and there is no impossibility, right? Yeah. Like whether it's in our imagination or our reality, there's no impossibility, right? If we want shoes that shoot us up to the sky, we can, we're going to go make them somehow, right? Like, but as adults, I think that we kind of rope that in and we kind of squash that and make them fit into the little box of acceptability. And now by the time that they're an adult, like it's, it's, it's done. Like we're kind of doing that. Kirsten, this is, this is a great point. And the question is, what, are, what is the norm? You know, maybe the norm for me is different from the norm from you. Right. However, as parents, we try to put our kids in our mold that we were put in by our parents. And at some point, one of the generations has to break that pattern, you know? And it's funny because I've been working with a lot of coaches myself. I have, I have one or two business coaches. I have a spiritual coach. And, and every time I feel the need to learn new things and expand my, my mindset and my knowledge, I... I, I refer to other experts yeah. in their fields and it's amazing. Okay. So we have uh, gained a lot of things from previous generations 
and including, I would say, trauma, you know, and this gets accumulated. And at some point, someone has to break that pattern so, so that it doesn't go to the next generation. Yeah. And yeah. And people, people who take time to invest in personal development and ask themselves those big existential questions, you know, I know they're big existential questions. Sometimes people look at me and they're like, what do you mean? Why do you even want me to answer those questions? I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I understand. My, my goal is not to be pushy, but I will challenge you a little bit to think. And when you're ready, you can share with me, you know, because sometimes people don't want to be challenged too much. Well, because it's uncomfortable. It would it would mean exactly to look at yes. yourself and see the things that yes. you don't like, that you're not good at, that you don't love about yourself, right? I mean, that's yes, that's painful. And as we know, neuroscientists we like to avoid the pain. <laughs> I know, right? Um, okay, you just brought another point. Comfort. Yes. Well, oh my God, I love your question. <laughs> <laughs> so, comfort. People don't like to move from their comfort zone. And that's exactly the behavior of somebody with a fixed mindset, okay? If you have a growth mindset, you're like, oh, you know what? This is challenging. It's like if I'm putting my foot in the fire and I'm going to try. I'm going to put one toe, two toes, the whole foot and keep trying. And you know what happens at the other side? There's transformation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yes. It's essential to move out of our comfort zone to see any type of transformation. Because, yeah. because uh, there's a quote by, uh, by, uh, by uh, Einstein. Uh, it says, uh, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Right. So that's why when people are... Uh, yeah, when they reach out to me and, and, and they ask for support with career coaching, I start with the mindset coaching. I need them to shift their brain. I need them to, to start feeling more confident to take action and make decisions because otherwise nothing is going to change, right? Okay, I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to tell you, oh, you can write your resume this way. You, you do your you, you uh, fix your LinkedIn profile that way, but didn't really help you feel empowered right. because that's what it's about. You want people to feel empowered and do things on their own. They cannot keep coming to a coach and asking every time they have a decision to make. So coaching is about empowering people to go to the next step. Yeah. So actually thinking about that, making them go to the next step. And we've all had these clients. Let me ask you what you do. When you have the client that can't even jump off the cliff and take the action get uncomfortable to further themselves, how or do you even push them in a way to get them to take action. That's one of the hardest things. You know, one of the hardest things, let me just say this. One of the hardest things I find to work with and I, when I go through my clients before I accept them as clients, I really look at the level of complacency. Mm. Okay? Because if you're complacent, I don't need you. You're not ready. 
I'll be honest. I'll take your $30,000 and do what? Have you complained about me? No, thanks. Move on to the next, right? So for me, that's a real thing. And I've learned over time that that's not my skill set. I, if you're in a place of pain, if you're in a place of actually winning and not understanding, like I can help you. But when you're complacent, unmotivated, and not willing in this moment to even take the action necessary to even understand what's going on, yes, I got nothing. And that's really, that's really honest. Like I'm just being super honest. People are like, oh my God, she's admitting she sucks. No, like uh-huh. I'm being honest. It's the hardest thing for me. And so I, I typically will tell them, dude, you're in a, in a zone that only you can get yourself out of. I can't. So don't pay me. Right. Like when you're ready, yes. I'll jump off the cliff with you. I'll push you off the cliff. Right. When you're ready to get pushed, I'll do it. But right now you're not even there. So what do you do when you have clients that yes. aren't going to take the inch forward? Like, is there a method you have? Do you do something special to be like, show them, shove them off the cliff? Oh, don't worry. I do that, but not <laughs> at the beginning. They need to get used to me and my style. <laughs> So Kirsten, it's a great point because I do the same thing. I I coach, okay, so my niche is high achievers. Yes. Because I can relate to high achievers, you know. <laughs> I have done a lot of things and I know the mindset of high achievers, constantly achieving, 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 and not taking time to relax and think about the big picture. So before I start working with clients, they have to fill out uh, forms and questionnaires and 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 when I have a call with them, a big question is about commitment. How committed are you to your success? Are you willing to commit resources, time, and money? Are you willing to invest all of these things in yourself? Because if people are not invested enough, are not committed enough, it's going to be hard for them and for us as coaches, yeah. right? I I want to be, I want to have fun when I work with people. I don't want to be sitting there and dreading my calls. I don't right. want to feel right. and, and thank God, I mean, so far, I've worked with amazing people who, who, bring, who bring so much energy, you know, and I do the same. I need to have that exchange. And of course, I mean, you can tell when when people are not a good fit. You know, some yeah. people are really, really into their own way. And you can sense it at the beginning, right? Before accepting to work with them. So the good decision is to, you know, let them think about it and come back. And, and in terms of pushing, oh, yes, I do push. And if you look at my, my testimonials, you will see that. <laughs> that theme coming up, right? But I do it gently and they see the benefit and I tell them, listen, I will hold you accountable. I will challenge you. And if, you know, if there are some times where you don't feel ready, you don't want to do it, I just want you to voice that out. That's it. So. I like it. I like it. So before we even, why don't you share with us some of your, I hate to say it like in this way, but tips, tricks, thoughts, methods on, or especially for high achievers, right? Mm-hmm. And we can totally understand that. Um, yeah. How to sort of get organized, stay focused. Like this has been my like theme for the month because I'm doing a productivity workshop. I'm doing all this stuff. So this has really been my theme for the month. Like how do you get really, well, obviously when you get organized, it gets very easy to get laser focused, right? <laughs> but yes. what are some of the things that you do with your clients to, to get them in that state? Because they are high achievers. They've done a lot. 
And so they are already at a certain level. They play at a certain level. They do things at a certain level. How do you level level them up one more? Okay. I love your questions, Kirsten. <laughs> I love them. So again, the first, so uh, let me tell you about my program. It's structured in three big steps. Okay. Uh, gaining clarity, uh, developing a roadmap and starting to execute the goals. Right. So the first step, the first phase in gaining clarity, um, I think I mentioned to you that I want people to start thinking about their values, their mission, their vision. Uh, we start to identify blocks and fears and any potential limiting beliefs that they have, okay? Mm -hmm. We assess the situation. Uh, if it's an executive, we look at their career situation. If it's an entrepreneur, we look at the business situation. And during this phase, I teach them how to build habits. You know, there's that book from James Clear. Oh, I love it. Habits, I love it. Okay. And uh, I teach them how to build small habits. I don't want them to feel overwhelmed. You build those little habits. Yeah. Morning routines. And this is what I learned from my other coaches. You know, I didn't used to do all of that. I learned right. from, from other people. And I'm grateful for that. Uh, meditation, breath work, uh, exercise, uh, going out for a walk, you know, those little things, whatever they can do. Build a morning routine. Uh, look at your day, at the beginning of your day. Yep. What's my plan for the day? Think about your vision. Close your eyes for two, three minutes and think about your vision in three years. In three years, I want to be there. My family is going to look like this. I want them to envision everything. Uh, there are some uh, uh, planners. There are a lot of planners. The one that I like and I recommend is uh, Brendan Burchard. Oh, he's one of my mentors too. Yeah, yeah. That's a great one because yeah. it challenges them to not only put their to-do list, but also think about the big priorities for the day the goals for the week and for the day. Uh, who, who do I want to impact today? What am I trying to achieve? Uh, what's, what's that extra thing that I can do to get out of my comfort zone? I really like the questions he has. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, journaling, self-reflection, etc. So building habits is really important. And yeah. while they're building those habits, I encourage them to think about stacking the habits. Okay, you build one upon the other and it's much easier. Yep. Listen, you're very busy. You cannot do 20 minutes walk. Do five minutes. Just get your body and your brain and everything used to it. Just get started and then we'll see later. Okay, and, and there's one, uh, yeah, one amazing tip that I learned from, from, from other coaches is to plan the whole week. So on Sunday evening, I spend one hour planning my whole week. Love and it. there's very easy technique. I mean, you put everything on a paper and then you start grouping all those tasks based on uh, uh, different areas of your life. Uh, Job-related, social, self-care, time with family, health and wellness. And if you notice that some areas of your life are not represented enough then you have to push a little bit more you know some weeks I notice um, that I don't have enough time 
uh, to schedule uh, uh, outings with friends or with my kids or, you know, family time. And I'm like, okay, Lubna, you need to rethink that. How about you? <laughs> so, yes. So these are, these are some of the major tips that I share with them. At awesome. The yes. I love it. And what I heard from you, and that is something I do a lot, is get it out of your head and get it on paper. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Your head and on paper. Yes. You're right. And the journaling is really important. And you know what, Kirsten? It's so, uh, to go back to your previous question about people who are a little bit resistant to being vulnerable and sharing their thoughts and, and what might really bother them. I, I respect that. I tell them, listen, I respect that. You're not ready to share now. How about you take a notebook and every time you have a thought that's really interesting, just write it down. And I encourage them to journal because journaling, like you said, get everything out of your head and put it on paper. Yeah. I like that. I like that one. That's, yes. that's a great one. I haven't heard that one before. So I really, really like that one. I can immediately see how effective that would be too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so awesome. I love it. If there is one thing you would share with the people listening to this before we exit, and I know I just said that because um, I just said this, is, you know, here we're in a bit of a different time, right? We're here, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Some of us, I always say we're, we're all in the same storm, different boats, right? Especially here in the U.S. Some of us don't even know the pandemic's going on barely because it hasn't touched them. And other of us are in New York City and we're locked down. Oh, right. So, so is there any sort of guiding principle that you would give people to help them? Because, you know, you are a mindset coach because you are a neuroscientist because you are a coach, right? We have these high achievers that I think can get thrown off balance very quickly without even realizing it. Right. They go into immediate emergency mode, but emergency mode is kind of dying down now. Right. Mentally, physically, emotionally. And now you're just stuck with the leftover reality. What would you tell them to do to sort of gain a little bit of balance, clarity and to be able to move forward? I would say the first thing to do is to sit down, you know, in a quiet place and take a look at what they have achieved and where they're heading, you know, and ask themselves questions, right? Why, why do I want to go a certain direction? And if I want to go a certain direction, do I have all the tools that I need to prepare me to go there? And if I don't, what can I do, right? It's about asking ourselves those questions and keep asking questions, why do I do what I do, right? Why should I do it? That's, that's the first question. Do, do you do it for uh, self-satisfaction or do you do it because you want to prove something to somebody else? Right. Okay. And, and keep asking your questions. Where am I heading? Am I heading the right direction? And do I have the right tools? And keep digging further and further and further. Uh, there are like three levels. Ask yourself why, 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 why? Okay, I want to follow this path. Why? And then I get a first answer. Why? Second answer. Why? And people have to learn how to dig further. Yeah. Okay. And I know we are during a time of pandemic, but let me tell you, Kirsten, 
this is the best time for coaching and re-evaluation. And a lot of people have understood that and they're investing a lot in coaching. And this is exactly the time to do it. And the other thing I would add is to always think from a place of abundance and not a place of scarcity. Because whatever we put out there in the universe, we get it back. Yep. So be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you manifest. <laughs> the universe will send it back to you. Yeah, absolutely. I believe in that a thousand percent. Well, Lubitha, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you so much. It was really an honor to be here. I'm so grateful I get to know you, Kirsten. Yeah, so thank you. Take care. Bye. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Um, Or of course, you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there. But if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.